Tempe Brilliance Podcast with Monique Malcolm, a show about creative people leveraging their brilliance to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the chorus of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast. Hey, Star Chasers. This episode of Pimp Your Brilliance is brought to you by The Visionary Journal. The Visionary Journal is a goal-setting guide, mini vision board, and day planner. It provides a simple structure to help you break your goals into actionable steps that you can integrate into your daily life. Pre-orders are now open for the new and improved Galaxy Visionary Journal. For more information and to pre-order a copy, visit visionaryjournal.co. This is episode 16. If you need more information about this episode or show notes, you can find them at keepchasingthestars.com backslash 16. Today, our special guest is Maya Elias of mayaelias.com. Maya is a personal friend of mine, and she's also a personal branding strategist. So if you're struggling to connect with your community, then this episode is definitely for you because Maya teaches experts how to create curriculum-based content to grow and monetize their online brands. So basically, she's a genius when it comes to creating content that converts and builds community. And I know this is a struggle amongst my own audience because I constantly get messages from people saying, how do I get people to recognize me? How do I get myself to stand out online? How do I get more customers? And you do that with content. So in this episode, we're going to do a deep dive into Maya's humble beginnings on MySpace, her best tips for creating consistent content, the importance of setting boundaries, and how she plans to impact 1,000 women. So grab your notebooks and your pens, and let's jump in. Hey, Maya, welcome to the show. And I just like to jump right in and get started with all the nitty gritty details. So can you give us a bit of your background, kind of tell us who you are, how you got started and what is it that you do? Hey, Monique, thanks so much for having me. So yes, I am a personal branding strategist. And basically what I do is I work with coaches and consultants who have a skill set or an expertise um, and they might even have some leverage offline or they have a practice offline, but they really want to scale their business, um, have more freedom in their business by putting it online and um, creating passive income products. So that is what I do, working with coaches and consultants and helping them just use the online space to do more in their business without having to work more in their business. Okay. So tell us about your background. How did you get started in online business? Because I know you personally, but people who are listening may not know you as well. So tell us, you know, about your humble beginnings. (laughs) Oh, my humble beginnings began, man, 10 years ago now, which is crazy to think about. But um, 10 years ago when I was in at a community college and I was creating custom MySpace pages for people. So I was charging like $50 to create these custom MySpace pages. And that was when I realized like I could actually make money doing something that I enjoy. And then of course I progressed. Um, As I grew, I started learning more code and telling people I was a web designer, even though I had never designed a website. But then once people started paying me more money, I learned how to do more things. (laughs) So that's pretty much where I started. But you're leaving out the most important detail. I want you to tell them about your, um, what did you do at community college? Did you finish? 
<laughs> no, I I dropped out of college because I was at the community college and then I went to university and then I was just so focused on my business that I didn't do well. So I went back to the community college. Then I finally graduated there. But then I went back to the university and then I was still doing bad. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to focus on the business full time. And so I dropped out, which was the scariest decision ever. So <laughs> I'm glad that I did, though, now looking back. And see, I wanted to make sure I pulled that out of you because sometimes people email me and they want to know, like, you know, how did you get started? Or I'm in college and I'm doing this and I don't want to do this. And they have all of these things um, and all of these hangups because they have family members or people who want them to, you know, continue school and not focus on business or not focus on that dream. And so, you know, you started this, like you said, while you were in college and you took that risk of dropping out. How did, your, how did you handle the judgment and the family pressure that comes along with that? Man, I have to say it was really hard because a lot of times we don't get support from the people that are closest to us. And so it makes it really hard for us to make decisions because we like to have validation with our decision making and we don't always get that. Sometimes it just has to be confidence within yourself. And sometimes it has to just be like a decision, a decision that's made between you and God. And sometimes I think we slow down our progression because we want our parents to support us. We want our spouse to support us. We want our sister or our closest friends to support us. Um, and so that was a really tough season for me because I didn't really feel like my family supported me at all. Um, I think I was really fortunate because I remember like when I was making the decision mentally in my mind, um, my boyfriend at the time, his dad was a Christian counselor. And so I was able to really kind of talk to him through that moment because I was feeling like really defeated from the lack of support. And then when I finally made the decision, it was at a point where I was just like fed up with the whole thing. I was like, I'm done with these instructors that don't really care about me succeeding. I'm done with taking these classes that have nothing to do with what I want to do in the long run. I'm done putting myself in debt for something that I don't even want to be a part of. So there was a lot that went into finally making the decision, but it was like when I got to my wits end that I was like, okay, I'm just done. Oh, see. And I love that you shared that because, you know, what you said about wanting our parents to support us and wanting to feel validated in our decisions. I really think that that's something that's kind of instilled into us at a young age. Like people need to approve of the things we do. Our parents need to approve of the things we do. And it becomes hard because you don't, your parents don't train you how to not seek that type of validation. And then you go off into the real world and it's hard to make decisions you know, big, important decisions for your life because you're thinking like, well, what is my mom going to say? Or what is my boss going to say? Or what is my spouse going to say? And sometimes you have to take those opinions, you know, in consideration, but that doesn't mean that you actually have to do those things or you have right. to be like so pressed. You can't do something mm -hmm. else because they didn't agree. Yes, exactly. And I think for me specifically, like, um, my parents are from West Africa. And so Africans are really, really huge on just like respect. And so in my mind, I believe that like disagreeing was synonymous with disrespecting. And so I was just really nervous that I wasn't going to please them. And I didn't want to seem like I was like this disobedient child who wasn't listening to what they said. But I think you, you, you made a really good point that at some point, we need to start teaching our children to be confident in the decisions that they make because parents won't always be there to give that validation. And so we just have to 
be really clear on why we're making the decisions we're making and being confident in making those decisions and also learning how to make those decisions quicker because when we procrastinate on making those decisions, it keeps us so far from our goal. Exactly. I agree 100%. So let's fast forward a few years. So, you know, you did the community college thing. You decide, you know, you want to focus on your business and and grow beyond my space. So your business has grown exponentially over the last couple of years. And I can say that firsthand because I met you, um, I think, earlier in like your rise. So talk to us about that. Yeah, I've definitely grown every single year and I I feel so fortunate. Um, So for my space, I went to designing full time since I dropped out. I was doing pretty much just helping people build their brand like what I'm doing now, um, but just doing it on a larger scale, on a more professional scale. And then I stopped designing for about a year and a half because I realized that my clients were investing all of this money to have a pretty design, but they weren't really clear on what they wanted for their business. They weren't clear on who they wanted to attract. They weren't clear on what they wanted to say. So essentially people did not have clear brand messaging and they didn't have brand strategy. And so I paused from doing the brand design because I wanted to make sure that my audience was really clear on what it took to be successful. There's nothing more annoying than being a designer and then like designing a website, putting it in your portfolio, but then it a year later it's out of your portfolio because that business is no longer a business because that person didn't know how to actually run a business. They thought that just having a pretty website would be good enough. Um, and I think another thing that's really frustrating for designers, any designers listening know this, is when somebody comes to you for design, but they don't have any of the content. And so that's <laughs> why I, I, I made sure that I taught content to the best of my ability because content is such a huge part of your success. It doesn't really matter what colors you use, what fonts you use, if those fonts aren't forming words that say anything. And I'm so glad that you mentioned content because, listen, you are the queen of content strategy. I'm always (laughs) hearing people sing your praises about content. If you want to know about content, you have to speak to Maya. If you need somebody at your event to talk about content, you got to get Maya. So how are you able to create content consistently? Um, I think... The easiest way for me to create content consistently is just constantly thinking about my community, because what's really important for people to understand is that content is a conversation and I'm always having constant conversations with my audience, which means I'm always consistently creating content. So I'm always thinking about like, what's my community struggling with this week or what's a question that's been um, asked of me frequently or recently. And I just create blog posts or I create emails or I create Instagram captions around that. Your content is really just your voice packaged. And so if you want to create content consistently, obviously there has to be some type of system. Um, but before people can even get to the system, they have to feel confident about what they're about to put out into the world. The, the thing that I think holds people back the most is they're like, I don't know what to talk about or I don't know what to say. And usually it's because there's a disconnect between you and your community. You don't know what to say to them because you don't know them. Mm, that right there. 
That's a sound bite. I hope you guys took notes. <laughs> Make sure you wrote that down in your notes because you need to remember that. And that's an awesome, awesome point. So piggybacking on what you just said, uh, what advice do you have for someone that's looking to elevate their content this year? Um, I would definitely say, again, build your community, build that relationship with them because they're going to tell you everything that you need to know as far as next steps. People are going to tell you what they want from you as far as free content, as far as paid products, as far as more of what they want to see on your Instagram feed. Um, so definitely building that community. And then as far as doing it consistently, also having some type of system. So for example, my smart content toolbox is probably one of my best selling products partly because it's only $20. And then uh, also because it's helped people create this framework of where they need to start with creating content. So the smart content toolbox is basically just these templates that lay out where to start. So if you're writing a blog post, it has like a space for a blog title, has space for keywords, it has space for you to outline, it has space for you to flesh out all of the details. Or if you're planning a webinar, um, it has space for like where you need to write out all of the details of the landing page, where you need to write out, out all of the details for your actual presentation. So I think people sometimes, if they have a framework that answers the where do I start question, that definitely helps them. And that's what every system should do. You should never really ever be starting anything from scratch that you're doing over and over. There should always be a template for it. Mm. Another piece of note, if you guys did not note that, please make a note because that is 100%. Um, I have this really kind of, it's, I think to other people, it's a complicated workflow for how we run the podcast. And I was telling Maya about this before we started recording. And sometimes I show people like the behind the scenes and like, they're just like blown away. And they're like, I never thought about doing that. And I don't do that. And like, my system is nothing like that. And I'm like, but it makes it so easy because I know every time I sit down at my computer and I say, okay, who do I need to get on the show? I just run through the list of things that I need to do and the templates that I need to apply to make things happen. And then we move forward and it just makes it so much easier when it comes to editing, when it comes to promoting the show, like we just follow the same process over and over again. We don't create anything new. <laughs> but yeah, that makes that makes so much sense because especially once you do something over and over consistently, you know what works and what doesn't work. And so once you can document everything that you're doing, you can look at every single step that you're taking and say, okay, this can be eliminated or I need to add this so that it can be more successful. So when you're doing something over and over, it makes it easy to create that system, especially once you document it. Yes. And bonus points, it also helps you outsource that to somebody else because I recognized early on, yes. like I was doing too many steps and too many that I didn't actually want to do. And then I could actually hand off to somebody because it was so well documented. And once I did that, like, whoo, like it opened up so much time and like so much mental space when it came to doing the podcast. <laughs> but it was just like, oh, this is a no brainer to hire somebody to do some of these things. Yes, exactly. Don't try to hire anybody without having things documented. That was one of the biggest mistakes I made when I first like tried to get interns. It was just like nobody knew what they were supposed to be doing because I hadn't made it clear. I, I didn't document it. So documenting definitely makes it easy to delegate. Exactly. So let's talk about the money question, because I just mentioned hiring and wanting to outsource stuff. You can't do that unless you're making money. So talk to us about how you make money in your business. So I make money through passive income products. So for example, like my smart content toolbox, 
um, just small little products um, like workbooks or templates um, and that people just still go on my site and buy it. And I'll have, you know, specifically an email funnel set up for it. So people download a freebie, then they'll get an email sequence that will let them know about my smaller products. Um, and then I also have my online membership called Content Prep Academy. And that's a great way for me to make income passively, but also get to know my community. It's like a no brainer cost. It's $27 a month. So it's nothing anybody really has to sweat over. Um, and I can pour into my community that way for a low investment. And the more people I get in there, obviously the more money I make on a recurring basis. And I really enjoy having a membership um, because I don't have to look for a new customer every single month because those people are committed to being my customers every single month. So that makes it really helpful. And then of course my agency, which I'm just in love with. And so those, I work with less people inside of the agency. Um, and it's a high ticket item. So people are investing about seven, $8,000 working with me in the agency. So obviously that covers a lot. I mean, $8,000 is certainly a lot of money that I'm able to bring in from one person. Um, so those are the different ways that I make my money through small products, through my membership, through my agency, and also through affiliates with um, the software and tools that I use. So like Teachable or ConvertKit or Bluehost, you know, everything that I use in my business that I tell my audience about if they choose to buy from my affiliate link, I get a commission for that. Take notes, you guys. I hope you're taking notes. I can't say that enough because that is so much uh, good information that she's dropping in. Affiliates, like people kind of sleep on that, but uh, you can make like money. You can set up, you know, a proper blog post if you do it right one time and you mm-hmm. can make, you know, a couple dollars a month, $100, $50, however much it is just from exactly one post that you did one time. Yeah, exactly. What's interesting is like, so it's January right now. And in December, I I take a lot of time off to kind of just reflect, like, what do I want my business to look like in 2018? And I stopped doing a lot of work to the point where I'm like, okay, well, hopefully the money comes in, like, we'll (laughs) see. (laughs) And so I was sitting around the other day and I'm like, okay, I have to start selling now because I took enough time off from selling that I need to start, you know, bringing in some more income. And then the next day I got a PayPal notification for over $2,500 for, from one of my affiliates. And I'm like, I completely forgot that I even promoted this like such a long time ago. And just being able to have that money come in um, and cover what I didn't make when I decided to take a break, like that's really what passive income is all about. Yes. So after all of these years of running your business, what have been your keys to success? Uh, my keys to success, definitely personal development and self-awareness. Like you have to know yourself and you have to be confident in yourself to really make these big decisions. Um, that is the first thing. The second thing is just having healthy relationships with your friends, your family, um, and your, your own community for your business. Like these relationships are really huge. You want to be around people that are going to stretch you. And you also want to be around people that are more concerned with your purpose than they are with your ego. And the only way you're going to attract those people is if you work on, on 
self-development on personal development. I think a lot of times we're afraid to have people in our lives that will try to stretch us and we can take offense to um, like criticism and getting critiques because we haven't built our confidence yet. So the first thing is that personal development. Second thing is relationships with people that are going to stretch you. And third thing is discipline. It's just so important to have discipline. It's interesting because the other night my pastor was saying that it's so easy for us to be passionate, but it's harder for us to be committed. It's easy for us to be passionate for a day, but in order to get that long-term success, we really have to be committed. So that is where discipline comes in. Discipline is when you keep going, when the motivation runs out. A lot of us are motivated, but not many of us are disciplined. Yes. And I want to add to that. Um, I hope I'm saying this quote right. And I don't remember who said it. So we're going to have to go back and search it and add it to the show notes. But uh, there's a quote that says, discipline is remembering what you want. And I have to tell myself that every time I go into the kitchen thinking like, I want some ice cream, (laughs) I want some cookies, (laughs) but I'm also like, but you also want to hit your fitness goals. So maybe you shouldn't eat that. That's true. It's, it's definitely more about what you want than how you feel. Yes. All right. So what do you feel has been your biggest lesson learned on your journey so far? Um, my biggest lesson learned on my journey for me, I would have to say boundaries. That is definitely something that, um, I've had to incorporate in my life and business. Like when I didn't have proper boundaries set up in my personal life that spilled over into my business, I think I was just giving too much of myself to people. And, um, the part of myself that I was giving away should have been dedicated to me and then dedicated, uh, to my own community. So that's definitely been something huge. And then even setting up boundaries with the people that follow me online. Um, I felt myself starting to distance myself from some of my followers. Cause I was like, okay, these people like, they feel like they really know me and they don't. And so I just had to have that fine line between like, I'm here for you. I'm here to support you, but you don't really know me like that. And I wanted to do it in a way that wasn't offensive, but also in a way that was just healthy for me and in a way where I didn't have to scale back from supporting them. Can we dig into that a little bit deeper? Because I feel like that's the thing that people don't understand about working online. And I've heard people, you know, I think Mylik alluded to this when I saw her speak at Blogalicious a few months ago, where she was saying, you know, that same thing, like as you start to grow, your brand gets bigger. uh, People feel like they want more access to you and they think that they know your life (laughs) and they think Mm -hmm. that they really know the things that that are happening to you and what you're going through, but they don't Mm -hmm. dive into that a little bit because I, I see like people Um, who stars are rising, but they also start kind of pulling back and shying away because there is kind of like a balance you have to strike between like my online persona and like who I am in real life. And people Mm -hmm. like try to cross that line a lot. Right. Yeah. I think um, it's just, it's such a hard balance because you want to be transparent with your audience and you want to share what's necessary for them to get to know you, for them to trust you. But I think there's certain people that don't realize that they're kind of being a little bit intrusive when they start asking too many questions or when they feel like you, uh, the issue is when people feel like you owe them your transparency. The issue is when people feel entitled 
to the information that you're sharing. And I think that's really what it is. That's where the lack of boundaries are when people feel like, um, like they're entitled to the information that you're giving them. And when people that feel entitled to something don't respect it. And so it's really when there's these people in our community that don't respect us, that's when we're like, well, well, let me scale back because I'm not going to be pouring my energy into people that don't respect it. Mm. I love that. I love that. And I think that you are spot on um, because there is a sense of entitlement, I find, just among people online that's really off-putting in it. It can be, you know, um, it can just, I just feel like it just blocks so much flow and so many good vibes mm-hmm. when people act that right. way. Um, all right. Well, that was good. So my final question before we kind of get to, I don't want to say my final question, but one more thing I want to ask you about before we get to the closing questions are teams, because I know that you're working with a team, you have your agency, you have been able to grow from a solopreneur to a full team. So can you talk about that a little bit? Like, how is that process of finding good people to work with? And like, what is it like to work with the team? Yeah, that's such a good question. I feel like people ask me this all the time. They're like, okay, I understand that I need a team. I understand the value of it, the importance, but how do I actually find these people? And I have to say that I think I'm in a very fortunate position that I built a strong audience and a strong community by the time I needed to hire people. So a lot of, actually every single person that works for me on my team has followed my brand for probably at least a year. And that is something that's really important to me because I need people on my team that understand my vision. Um, I think early on, you'll probably hire people that can just perform a task. But for me, like, I don't need people that can perform tasks. I need people that can see vision and always want to execute based on you know, what my vision is. And I want people on my team that can say, well, last week you said you wanted to do this. So are you sure that you want me to do this? Like, I want people on my team that can challenge me and that can be vision minded. Um, so when I, I think most recently, like my, some of my newest team members, I did like a call for interns. And so basically it was just kind of like, a 90 day, I guess, probationary period where they like worked under me and I helped them with their business. And then if I wanted to keep them, then I paid them. Um, and there's different ways to bring people on a team. Like if you don't have the money financially, figure out how else you can bring value to that person. There's people that are willing to work for my brand, um, just to see how to run a a business. And I'm, and I'm okay with that. Um, especially if they're not going to be, you know, like competition. And especially if I feel like I can trust them to not steal my business from under me. So just figure out how you can provide value. But if you can realistically afford them, just pay that person. It's so much easier. Um, and then the other thing is when I hired my copywriter, it was because she was somebody that read my blog and she sent me an email and she was like, Hey, I love your blog. I think it's, it's really good. Um, but I noticed that there are some spelling and grammar errors on your blog post. And she was like, I think that takes away from your brand. And I know that you want to come off as polished. And she was like, and also as a woman of color, I realized that sometimes we have to show up differently um, in order to be recognized. And I just wanted to just point that out to you. And then, so I was just like, Hey, well, are you willing to work with work for me? And that is how I hired her because I love people. I love people that have the balls to critique me. I always want people in my circle that can stretch me 
and want the best for me. And so she's still on my team. She's one of the most valuable people on my team still. So we're going to wrap this up because I don't want to take too much of your time, but I like to end the show asking two final questions. The first one is the Pimp Your Brilliance Action Challenge. So that is you giving three tips or pieces of advice for someone who is looking to make an impact with their brand and voice this year. Ooh, that's good. Uh, three action items. Mm. First action item is <laughs> join my Facebook community because I want to know what you're all about. And I'm always here to support people. I think there's a lot of people in my community um, that just like having my feedback. And I'd, I'd love to share some of my feedback too. So if you go to myalias.com slash community, you can join my free Facebook group and just connect with people in there. See how other people are running their business. I definitely think impact goes so much further when we are in community. So that is the first thing. The second thing is decide what your focus is going to be for the next 90 days because impact goes so much further when you have focus. A lot of times you're trying to do a million things at once, but if we just focus on that one thing, we can have such a deeper impact. And then the third thing is decide what do I need to invest in in order to go further? What do I need to invest in order to really see my vision become reality? Whether it's investing money into something, whether it's investing more of your time on the weekends and in evenings, or it's investing more of your energy into something, showing more enthusiasm um, in the way that you show up with your work. So be really clear on what investments you have to make because it's so important to be invested minded when you want to create an impact. I think a lot of people feel like just because they have the vision that that's good enough, but you have to realize that there is a trade-off for everything that you want. My vision is to see a thousand women impact a thousand women, but I know that I'm going to have to give a lot of myself for that. I know that I'm going to have to make investments to reach those thousands of women. So be really clear on the investment that you need to make all solid pieces of advice and definitely you guys get into Maya's group because I'm in there and the people are offering up so much good advice and so much feedback and it's a really nice community. So definitely do that. Thank you. Appreciate it. (laughs) And the last question, what books are you currently reading or have you read recently that have blown your mind? Ooh. All right. So I've talked about this a million times. Boundaries by Henry Cloud. Um, and some other guy, like uh, I think John Townsend, it was two psychologists, two Christian psychologists. That was huge for me, changed my life, helped me make better decisions, helped me make the decision to go to Mexico for a month, helped me to make the decision to get my new apartment. Um, and then the other book is The Power of the Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy. And that was just, that just helped me grow spiritually and really truly believe in myself and it reminded me that every single day, what I think is my reality. So if I think I'm successful, then I am successful because I'm going to act based on how I think and how I act is going to create my reality. That book is just so powerful. And I'm making my dad actually read that. And my dad is making me read the E-Myth Revisited um, 
So by Michael E. Gerber, if I'm pronouncing it right. So I'm really, really excited to read that. That That's coming up next. And I'm going to be doing some little book reports with my dad. Super excited to do that. So those those are the books that I've read recently and have coming up. Awesome. Thank you for those recommendations, you guys. If you want um, a quick place to see those books, I'll have them in the show notes so you can check them out there. All right, Maya. Well, it was so great having you on the show. I appreciate you sharing so candidly and giving so much advice and just giving us a chance to get to know you and your brand a little bit better. So thank you again. Thanks, Moni. Appreciate you having me. And that's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you love the show, make sure you grab the Be Brilliant Guide where I share the keys to success for my most popular guests. Download it at keepchasingthestars.com backslash brilliant. Now go out there and pimp your brilliance.